Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday the 18th of December. Coming up, here from a man who's thought to be Kent's youngest pub landlord about how he's revamped his local. But first, a driving instructor from Deal who was found asleep at the wheel following a drinking session has been fined and banned from driving. Kate has more details for the podcast. So how did this come about? Well, the courts heard Mitchell Humphreys was reported to the police by his ex-wife. He apparently went out drinking at a pub before pulling up in his Mini Cooper at home. His former partner called the police and when officers arrived, they found him slumped in the driver's seat. Tests showed he was over the legal alcohol limit and he was charged with drink driving. And I understand he has an interesting background. Yes, as well as being a driving instructor, the 61-year-old also spent 30 years as a police officer. He was a detective superintendent for Kent Police and also served as a Met officer during his career. He had previous convictions for drink driving from 20 years ago and ran Mitch's School of Motoring. So what sentence has been handed down in court? Well, Humphreys, who's from Sutton Lane in Ringwald, pleaded guilty when he appeared before magistrates in Folkestone. His lawyers say he's learnt his lesson and will no longer be a driving instructor. The judge told him she had no option but to ban him from driving and disqualified him for 17 months. He was also ordered to pay a total of £730 and complete a drink driving course. If he does that, his ban will be reduced by a quarter. Thanks, Kate. In other news, a man's been charged with murder following the death of a 66-year-old man in Dover. He was found with multiple injuries following reports of a disturbance at a property on Anstey Road last Monday night. 36-year-old AJ Porter from Oswald Road appeared in court over the weekend. Another man who was arrested has been released without charge. Kent Online reports. A 25-year-old man's due in court following a stabbing in Whitstable. A man in his 50s was attacked in an alleyway off Old Bridge Road near the railway station in the early hours of yesterday. He's in a stable condition in a London hospital. Lewis Day from Harrison Road in Ramsgate has been charged with causing GBH with intent and possessing a knife in public. Another man and woman who were arrested have been released on bail. A £2.5 billion theme park earmarked for North Kent looks like it could be completely scrapped. Plans for London resorts on the Swanscombe Peninsula have already stalled. Now bosses in Dartford are calling on the government to strip the scheme of its nationally significant infrastructure project status. Earlier I spoke to Green Councillor Laura Eady, who's backing plans for the site to be a nature reserve. We've had this London resort project hanging over the borough for about a decade now. And it's, it's really impinging on, um, obviously, there's, there's a threat to the nature and the wildlife, which is very rare and endangered that lives on the, on the peninsula. But also, we've got over 100 businesses that have been under compulsory purchase orders for so long now. And it's really blighting the local community. Um, and unfortunately, while it stands, the NSIP's there, it's very hard for anyone to move on. So either the conservationists, people wanting to make it a nature reserve, or the businesses who want to reinvest in their businesses, um, so it's just a real blight on our community. And it's, I mean, coming up to a decade, it's about time now that that is removed. I'm, I'm really hopeful that will happen now. So why is it that the Secretary of State has to step in and take this action? NSIP's quite a complicated bit of legislation, but um, it can't just be removed by anyone. It has to be removed by the Secretary of State. So I think obviously everyone's sort of realised it's a failed project. Um, they're being 
sued by various people, London Resort, they've they've fallen apart in terms of their planning application, that's not been resubmitted. Um, so I think everyone's realised that it isn't right for the area. However, unfortunately, only the Secretary of State has it in his power um, to remove the NSIP. So recently, the campaign that I'm part of, Say Sponsor Peninsula, we've, we've realised there is a mechanism for this to happen. Previously, we thought we couldn't do. Um, but a project which is similar, it's a commercial project like the London Resort project, they actually ask for the NSIP to be revoked. So that means that there is a mechanism there. But obviously, London Resort aren't going to come forward. So really now we're calling the Secretary of State um, to, to do the right thing for the community and the wider area and have it pulled. Um, and I'm really hopeful that will happen now. Tell me a bit about the alternative plan for the site in terms of the um, nature reserve. Yeah, so I helped run the Save Swanson Peninsula campaign. Um, and, and last year we put out a survey to people asking what they really hoped for for the area. I mean, it's a, it's a really well-loved area. It's very built up, in, it's very urban where we are. So having this beautiful um, green to escape to is so important. And I think that's been proved in lockdown, how important it is for both physical and mental health. Um, so we put a survey out asking local residents what they really hoped for for the area. And we had good responses. Um, and really, it's just tidying it up. It's making it more accessible. You know, having maps there that could be there, perhaps down the line, a visitor centre. And that's something that we can then put through Dartford Council. Once the MSIP has gone, it will then go back to the local authorities who are, who are part of the area um, to have more of a say in, in what, hap what happens in the future. But, yeah, there's so much potential there. And it is absolutely, it's a, a real... Um, it's a wildlife haven, it really is, and all the rare wildlife that's already been found. But we just want to be able to celebrate that and enjoy it more. So that's that's really the plans is to make it more accessible and um, hopefully welcome for everyone who wants to join and, and be part of it. Dartford Council leader Jeremy Kite is backing calls for the theme park idea to be completely scrapped. A final decision will lie with the levelling up housing and communities minister, Michael Gove. Kent Online News. A man's been charged after armed police were called to reports of someone with a gun in Snodland. Officers cordoned off part of Holborough Road on Thursday afternoon. There were also concerns that a woman had been assaulted. They were at the scene for several hours and arrested 38-year-old Jonathan Mbora, who doesn't have a permanent address. He's been charged with multiple offences, including criminal damage and possessing an air weapon. Plans to add another 665 homes to a new estate in Ashford have been rejected. Developers are already building 5,750 properties at Chilmington Green along the A28. Councillors have decided the extra homes would be harmful to the surrounding rural area. Now, problems with flooding on a footpath next to the River Medway still haven't been resolved. Five months after bosses promised to look at the issue, residents in Fant say water is overflowing and could be dangerous if it turns icy over the winter. Kent County Council say work's been delayed because they're prioritising tackling flooding to properties. It's claimed nearly £70 million has been invested into post-Brexit border checks at the Eurotunnel in Folkestone. The system's been severely delayed, but when it does come in, it should mean a faster check-in process for travellers. John Keefe is Head of Public Affairs at tunnel operator Getlink. He's been explaining the process for passengers and says it'll also mean less congestion on Kent's roads. The European entry and exit system, when it comes into operation next year, probably in the autumn sometime, 
means that everybody, every British passport holder, every third country passport holder for the, to the EU will have to go through an enrolment process. And that means that on their first crossing of the border, they'll have to have um, their facial biometrics taken, their fingerprints taken, they'll have to answer a series of questions, uh, they're quite straightforward yes-no uh, answers, but setting out what, you know, what, what kind of passport they've got, whether they need a visa, whether they've got enough money for their stay, whether they've got a return ticket, accommodation, all that kind of stuff, quite simple straightforward stuff. But, but it be, needs to be captured from everybody. Uh, and the system was designed for airports where you're an individual and you check in your bags and you walk up to a, a screen for that and you walk up to a screen for your e-gate and whatever. In a, in a vehicle environment, it's much more difficult because you've got, what, two, three, five people in a car, maybe 60 people in a coach. Um, but you have to get all of those people through the process before you can move the vehicle on. So while, the, while they're going through the process, that vehicle stopped and the vehicle behind it stopped and you risk having queues. So we had to come up with a, a process that would enable us to go through the, 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 the capture of data without it, it leading to queues. And the way we've done that is we've created a... Um, a, 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 an indoor space, a covered space, where you can park. Next to your parking space there'll be two kiosks, so for each vehicle there'll be two. You get out uh, and then as a foot passenger you, you go through the process on screen, your facial image is captured, your fingerprints are captured and you answer the questions. And then when everybody in the car has been through that, then a green light comes on from the, uh, the, the French border authorities and the vehicle's ready to go. And by putting that in place, um, what we've actually done is we, we've remodelled the whole of our passenger terminal. We've put in new roads, uh, new road layouts. We've, we've put in all of these parking spaces. We've put in 53 specific data capture points, each one with two kiosks. So it's 106 kiosks. And by doing that, when traffic arrives, it, it will continue to flow through the, the terminal um, reasonably closely to the speed it flows through today. We reckon uh, with all of the modelling we've done, all the testing we've done, a car will take five to seven minutes more on its total journey time from the motorway in Kent to the motorway in, uh, in Coquel. Now, I mean, people stop for a coffee and they say, well, stop for five minutes and they stop for 10 or 15 or they, they stop and get a burger and they, they sit down and eat it and that's half an hour you know, added to their journey time. So, so we think it's pretty much invisible. Um, and the, the idea there is that it, it, it doesn't create queues on the motorway, it doesn't create congestion for the local community, it means everybody can get about their daily work. Um, we, we won't need any of the traffic management systems that we've seen uh, in the past because it'll all be contained, all the traffic will be contained within the Eurotunnel terminal. It's thought the system could be introduced after next summer's Paris Olympics. Kent Online reports. A restaurant owner in Whitstable who's been accused of making too much noise says residents have no right to complain because they already live near a busy road. Mehmet Dari, who runs Alaturka, says he has tried to address the concerns, but Canterbury Council's now reviewing his licence. He's vowed to fight the review. 
Plans for more than 100 riverside homes next to a former paper mill in Dover have been given the go-ahead. Developers want to build 78 houses and 57 flats on land near the Buckland site. The River Dower will also be fully opened and revitalised with the introduction of Riverbank's new habitats and walkways. A slab of concrete that served no use for more than three decades could soon become home to a new block of flats overlooking the River Medway. An application has been submitted for a four-storey building with nine apartments at the northern end of Wharf Road in Tovel near Maidstone. Computer-generated images have been released showing what the homes could look like. Residents in part of Canterbury have criticised plans for a new A2 slip road. Developers behind the nearby Saxon Fields estate in Thannington have a duty to build it to reduce congestion in the area. The slip road would bring Dover-bound traffic off the A2 near the Windcheap Retail Park and neighbouring Park and Ride. But former Windcheap councillor Nick Eden-Green isn't a fan of the idea. I'm not against the slip road in principle, but this particular plan is absolutely dark. It's dangerous, it cuts out lumber car parking spaces in the park and ride site which would be difficult to replace and it doesn't connect up with the rest of Windsheep in the way that it should. It's going to considerably increase the amount of traffic on Windsheep going into the city just as the other third slip road did going the other way. So it'll make a huge uh, increase on traffic therefore a huge effect on residents and the residents in the re- indeed on the roads off Windsheep. We've got this idea for the Windsheet gyratory system, which is absolutely crazy. Nobody locally is in favour of that and it's just going to jam that up as well. Robin Franklin is a Windsheet councillor and is also sceptical about whether it'll work. I'm not too sure what KCC is thinking on this. You know, we uh, previously had this plan proposed and it was rejected by residents especially because of uh, the damage it could do to uh, the local nature. And, uh, you know, I think uh, KCC really needs to think again, really engage with uh, local residents and, you know, just uh, listen to what people have to say here because right now they're not happy. Brian Robinson lives in the area and runs a shop nearby. If the split road was done correctly, I don't, I think it would be, it would be better for Winchie to take traffic from coming up the A28 because at the moment, people coming off the A2, they have to come off at Harbledown go into the city centre to come up Winchip to go towards Ashford or to even get to the park and ride. They built a park and ride next to a main road with no access. There's already one business that's closed down in Winchip, the motor factories, they've gone now because of the lack of trade and all the other businesses, they'll also be gone because of lack of trade. The last meeting we had regarding the gyratory locally here with the people who are going to construct it, Everyone on the industrial estate was totally against it, apart from one person. Because it was just, it's just going to ruin trade. You saw the chaos it caused for the gasworks. Multiply that by, well, that was what, two months or two weeks? Six months later, it's going to be the same. For six months, it's going to be like that. And it will not work. In papers submitted to Canterbury City Council, developers say the junction will contribute to the overall better management of the roads in the vicinity of the city centre. Previous proposals for the slip road were approved in 2018, but the planning permission lapsed before any work began. Kent Online News.
The owners of a new venue in Dover say they set it up because they were sick of travelling into London. The art club in Market Square is a cafe and co-working space during the day and a live events venue and bar at night. It took six months to renovate the site. You can see pictures over on the website. A lifeboat named after Queen Elizabeth II has been retired to the historic dockyards in Chatham. The late monarch visited the RNLI site in Ramsgate to officially name the boat in 1993. It's been launched more than 200 times and saved 33 lives. And a pub landlord who's thought to be the youngest in Kent has taken over and revamped his old local. Kyle Blair went to the Black Horse on Bean High Street with his parents growing up and became the landlord when he was just 20. He's spent £50,000 on a complete renovation and has been telling our reporter Keely Greenwood why he started the project. Well, I was part of the community um, my whole life and I've always lived in the village and I used to work when I was younger so I always knew that I was going to end up here. And how's it been since you took over? It's been challenging, but it's been really good and I'm glad that I can bring the locals back to where they used to be. What have you enjoyed most about it? Hosting events, hosting band nights, uh, golf society days and renting out the back room for people to have parties and gatherings. Um, and did you used to come in here when you were little? I used to come in here as little and I used to kick the regulars, so they all know me. You can see pictures of the refurbished pub in the story on our website. Kent Online Sport. Football and it was a disappointing defeat for Gillingham in League Two over the weekend. They were beaten 2-0 by Bradford at Priestfield. The defeat means they've slipped to 10th in the table. Manager Stephen Clement spoke to reporters after the match. We set our stands sort of two weeks ago, didn't we? We played here, we played really, really well and, and that's sort of the, the standard you hoped that you're going to get the next time we have our next fixture, which was obviously today. And We fell below them standards as, as, a, as a team, as a staff. Uh, we understand that result isn't good enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, there'll be plenty to, to learn from. There's obviously a lot of games coming up. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of take this one on the chin, uh, go back to the drawing board and, and start working again next week. But, yeah, very disappointed. Was it more the manner of the goals that disappointed you? They've had, they've had two shots. Uh, I know we haven't had enough either. They've had two shots on target and they've obviously both ended up in the back of our net. And... Um, yeah, their uh, their goals are definitely definitely avoidable, um, and uh, yeah, we can't do that. We can't give teams head starts. Uh, it's always going to be difficult. Uh, no matter what level you play, if you go a goal behind it's, in professional football, it, it's it's tough to come back. The stats tell you at every level when you go a goal behind, um, more than more often than not, you don't get the result you want. Um, now, yeah, I can I can take getting getting beat. I can accept getting beat, but I don't want to get beat by goals like that now. Start the second half, we were very positive on the front foot, had lots of set play opportunities, a few really good balls from Colin Mahoney, couldn't quite get on the end of them. And of course their free kick is a bit of a, a sucker punch at a critical time yeah. in the game. Yeah, it was. He obviously killed it. But um but look, we, we, we probably we've got that Achilles heel, we probably haven't created enough for my liking today. I know we had a we had a great moment at nil nil, was the ball in, wasn't it? Obviously the angle I've seen it looks very, very close. Uh, but uh, obviously yeah, wasn't given, so you can't do anything about that now. Uh, but if that goes in, it might be a different game because there was moments in the first half. I thought the first twenty minutes we we was okay. As you say, we started the second half well, uh, two. Um, 
but that's no consolation to me at the moment. Games very, coming, very disappointed. Games coming thick and fast now, uh, Stephen. Started Friday night against Forest Green. Now a, a, quite a pivotal moment in the season, four or five games in a very short space of time. Yeah, that's what, that's uh, that's the Christmas period for you. They come thick and fast, and um, yeah, you've got to obviously, as I say, we take our medicine. Uh, we're going to be disappointed, but we've got to dust ourselves down very, very quickly uh, because uh, there's another game coming, and uh, yeah, we have to be ready for that one. They'll be travelling to take on Forest Green Rovers on Friday. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.